The following program was pre-recorded on WFAN. It's time for Hello, My Name is Craig, our weekly candid conversation about gambling addiction. It's supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Now, here's Craig Carton. Good morning. Welcome to another edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton with you for the next 30 minutes of Frank Open Honest Conversation about gambling addiction and, of course, addicts like myself. Uh, who've gone down a bad path as a result of uh, compulsive gambling. Joining me, as always, from uh, Epic is Dan Trelaro. Danny, good morning. How are you? Greg, um, I'm well and I'm cold. I'm, I'm up in Buffalo and ah. not ideal to be in January. <laughs> it's better than I. I was 20 below, my son just told me, so uh, you're, oh, you're, you're in a good place. Uh, really happy to have with us today the Attorney General of New Jersey, Matt Platkin. Matt, good morning. It's Craig and Dan. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Obviously, people know uh, I'm uh, very good friends with a former attorney general of uh, New Jersey, and Matt's uh, had the job since back in 2022. So uh, great to have uh, a lawmaker and someone who obviously you know, keeps an eye on uh, the legalities of uh, the state of New Jersey joining us. Let me just get, Matt, kind of your overview. Uh, where were you just kind of your ethos when it came to the legalization of online wagering and gambling and sports wagering. I know you had nothing to do with it. It's prior to you becoming the attorney general of New Jersey, but just overall, what was kind of your global view of where we're at when it comes to legalization of gambling? Yeah. So I was actually, um, I I was the governor's lawyer at the time when the Supreme court decision came down in 2018. And so I worked on the, litigation or sorry the legislation uh uh which allowed sports gambling in the state and this was a bipartisan effort as you know craig for a long time uh and i think my view was generally look the law allows it um you know people are entitled to do it um but we have to do it responsibly and i think what we've seen is that uh certainly created new economic opportunities but we've also seen a significant increase in problematic gambling behavior in the state um, as both online gambling and sports betting in particular have become uh, you know the preferred choices of sure. people particularly younger people so I guess one of my big questions because of the position you're in as attorney general would be you know the reality of the life I, I led you know I've, I found myself obviously in, in a criminal court in the Southern District of New York. New York, you know, you prosecute criminal cases and your office does uh, for the state of New Jersey. You know, it's it's an accepted vice now. It's viewed as an addiction. That's no longer up for debate, much like drugs and alcohol. And I'm wondering, does has your office started to see more cases or more possible cases being brought to the attention of your office that when you dig into it a little bit are are gambling related? Well, I think, as you said, this is an addiction. And I think generally in law enforcement, we have tried uh, over the past several years in New Jersey and elsewhere, but New Jersey has been leading this effort to treat addictions for what they are and try to keep it out of the criminal justice system. And, you know, Craig, I give you a tremendous amount of credit um, given what you went through and now your role as an advocate, uh, because it's very helpful, I think, to bring awareness to what is really a challenging problem for people to understand that these behaviors can, as fun as it, it may be at times, can become, you know, really dangerous. And so uh, we in New Jersey, uh, my responsibility includes both 
you know, law enforcement, arresting and prosecuting people, but we also regulate gambling in the state in my office. Right. So we regulate all the gambling operators, and we see, uh, we've seen a big increase in problematic gambling behavior over the past six years, uh, coinciding with the onset of sports betting. And so we're taking aggressive action to stop those behaviors before they become truly problematic to the individual and to their families. And how are you guys doing that? What are the messages that you guys are sending? Obviously, I'm an ambassador for responsible gambling beyond just this show, and I try to educate, you know, especially new and younger uh, gamblers to the, you know, the kind of protections they can put in uh, to help them, whether it's wager limits or deposit limits or time limits, all those things that can at least create, you know, a bit of a burden on someone uh, in a good way from gambling, you know, beyond their control, beyond their means. What is the attorney general's office doing uh, alongside that? Well, Craig, you just touched on a lot of it. Maybe you should come work for us in your spare time. Uh, but uh, uh, we have, you know, the gambling operators, especially online, they have tremendous data on the people using their platforms. They know everything about the people gambling on their on their sites. And so what we've done is we've mandated that we use that data in a way that will help prevent problematic gambling from occurring. So, for instance, if you're gambling consistently down to your last dollar, if you're uh, increasing the amount you're gambling consistently week over week, if you're going to our self-exclusion page where you can do all the things that you just mentioned, Craig, set wager limits, set loss limits, say you need a cooling off period for a period of time. If you're going to that page, and even if you're just looking at it consistently and not actually uh, signing up to be self-excluded, that in and of itself can be a, sim- a signal that, hey, something might be off here. So we have mandated all that. We've required uh, – oh, sorry, we use the data to, um, to put interventions in place. So when we see those signs, we, you could start off simply by getting outreach from a responsible gaming coordinator – to all the way up to, um, you know, potentially seeing uh, sure. your ability to gamble restricted. So we're putting those interventions in place to prevent problematic behavior from becoming, uh, or, or prevent gambling behavior from becoming problematic behavior. Yeah, we're talking to Matt Plackin. I'm going to get Dan here in just a second. Matt is the attorney general for the state of New Jersey. You know, it's interesting um, hearing what you're saying in regards to that. You know, when you reference, you know, the self-exclusion, I'll, I'll share a personal story with you. When I finally came to terms with being a compulsive gambler, and it wasn't easy because I was in denial for a very long time, far too long. But when I finally you know, decided it's time to stop lying to myself and take ownership of the problem I had, one of the first things I did was go on the state's website, which allowed me literally in five minutes, which is great, to self-exclude so that none of the casinos that had an online presence uh, could uh, would allow me to wager because I had self-excluded. And there are your different time periods. For those of you that don't know, you can pick a year, you can pick forever, and in between there's different kind of launching points of how long you want to self-exclude. But I remember, and this was kind of a gut shot for me, a week after I self-excluded, I got a letter in the mail from a New Jersey casino that I had frequented many, many times. And the letter said, you know, Dear Mr. Carton, we recognize that you have recently self-excluded from online play. We'd love to have you come in and wager in person. And uh, I'm lucky enough, Dan's lucky enough, where we've been strong enough to overcome the urge to gamble. I'm now five and a half years in recovery. Danny is at a, a dozen years in recovery, if not more. And I was like, man, it's so hard to, to quit and make the commitment to quit. 
And then I took the, the biggest step I could possibly take in self-excluding. And a week later, I'm being invited to come in and gamble anyway. And I'm wondering if you even knew about that. And if now that you do know about it, if there's something that could be done so those letters don't go out to people like me. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I, I as I said, I give you a lot of credit. And I give everybody credit who takes the step to, to self-exclude. Gambling is an, can be an addiction. Just like any other addiction, it can be very difficult to, you know, look yourself in the mirror and accept that you have a problem and there's ways to, to address it. Uh Plain and simple, whoever the operator was shouldn't be doing that. That violates uh, our rules. And so for anybody listening, if you've taken the step to self-exclude, now you can self-exclude for online separate from in-person. We've made it easier to self-exclude. You used to have to come in for an interview if you wanted to self-exclude from you know, gambling at brick-and-mortar casinos. Now you can right. actually do it by a video chat. But if, if you go through the step of self-excluding, and thousands of people in the state have done that, and you're still getting ads – we want to know about that because we will hold the operators accountable. That is certainly not something they're permitted to be doing for the exact reason you said. If somebody takes the extraordinary step to say, hey, I need this self-exclusion period, whatever period they, they select, I have a problem and I want to fix it, then people shouldn't be targeting you and trying to get you to come in and gamble. That is not you know, allowed. One of the things that people like myself uh, have learned about after, well after the fact of going through – you know, my self-inflicted ordeal and, you know, finding myself in front of a judge and a jury in a criminal uh, court setting uh, is the notion of diversion courts. New Jersey had one of the first, I think the first ever diversion court in the country. We talked to the, to the, the judge a number of years ago who was trying to start it and make it, you know, more widely acceptable. But as an attorney general who is paid to, you know, to fight crime and uh, to punish criminals, you know, once found guilty, you know, by a jury of their peers or by a judge or, you know, through a plea, uh, are, are you, do you, how do I want to ask this the right way? Does your office have any level or a level of sensitivity to those who commit crimes while either under the influence of obviously drugs and alcohol, to be fair, include them as well, or people that clearly had lived law-abiding lives up until the point where gambling addiction kind of took over their lives and then, of course, made a variety and multiple bad decisions that led them to ultimately breaking the law. Where, what's your stance on the possibility of diversion courts? And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, a diversion court would allow someone like me to not go through you know, the criminal trial and potentially jail and by jumping through a number of hoops along the way, You'll be able to stay at home with your family, earn a living, provide, you know, pay people back, all those things without having to go through the specter of the criminal courts and the BOP and, you know, being, you know, a number to the government, which lasts a lifetime uh, and obviously makes it very hard, you know, to restart your life once done. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm the chief law enforcement officer in New Jersey, and so my job is to keep the residents safe, and we're, we're doing that. I mean, we've seen... Shootings are at a record low level in the state. Car thefts are coming down significantly. You know, we have we we take that seriously. But I think if, in this day and age, if you think about how do we keep residents safe, you know, the single solution can't just be locking everybody up, particularly those who have um, uh, challenges with addiction. We've seen it in drug context. We've seen it with mental health, and we've certainly seen it with gambling. And so. Um, you know, it's not every offense 
as each case is treated differently. But there's a lot of different diversion programs in our state specifically designed to ensure that people get the help they need and not just send them into the criminal justice system, which may or may not be the most productive place for them to be. So we have, I think New Jersey, and frankly, this has been a bipartisan effort, has led in um, diverting people out of the criminal justice system to appropriate treatment, whether that, again, be for drug addiction, particularly we saw it in the opioid context, um, uh, gambling, mental health. And I think what people need to realize, and you sort of touched on this, Craig, these behaviors often manifest themselves in multiple different symptoms for the same person. So somebody who has a gambling problem may often have a drug problem. And those addictions are you know, sort of fueling each other's behavior or each both behaviors. And so for right now, for instance, we are expanding. We're the first state in the country to have a, a mental health program where we use mental health professionals in response to mental health calls um, across the state. And we are expanding that heavily in Atlantic City because we see it in around casinos. Yeah. If people have problematic gambling behavior, you know, sometimes that can become a mental health problem as well. And they may end up interacting with a law enforcement officer during a behavioral health episode. And we want them to get the treatment that they need and stop that behavior, again, before it rises to something that causes really serious conduct. Uh, I love hearing that. We'll take a quick break talking to Attorney General Matt Plack and Dan Schlauer joins us as well right after this on Hello, My Name is Craig. Back to more of Hello, My Name is Craig on The Fan with your host, Craig Carton, and supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Hello, My Name is Craig. Have the Attorney General for the state of New Jersey, Matt Platkin on, and Dan Schlauer. Now, Danny, you, of course, were one of the executive uh, directors, assistant director for 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. So good opportunity for you to ask Matt a question as well. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks. And Matt, thanks for coming on. You know, I, I was involved as the assistant director for 800-GAMBLER, and we worked closely with the stakeholders in New Jersey at the time. You know, I, I remember when online and mobile device gambling was legalized in 2013 and then with sports betting in 2018. But as I've moved on from New Jersey and I've worked with several members within your department around the country, because we work with college athletes, you know, college-age individuals, 18 to 25 around the U.S. But specific to New Jersey, one of the unintended consequences of sports betting expansion that we're seeing are threats to student-athletes. You know, and I've had the privilege and the pleasure to talk to Director Rebuck extensively about this. What are you seeing in terms of, of threats to student-athletes, and how does New Jersey handle a situation if our college students, our student-athletes, our pro-athletes are getting threatening messages, what, what, what's the AG's role, and how is New Jersey kind of leading the way on that? Yeah, thanks so much for highlighting it. It's, it's, it's a huge problem. I think it got national attention last year after Coach Grant at University of Dayton um, really highlighted the way his players are being treated. And this is true, I think, both as a result of um, sports betting, which – as you noted, is you know was legalized here in 2018 and is spreading across the country, but also, you know the the significant rise in fantasy sports, um, and so we are taking it really seriously. Um, in New Jersey, we're a little different because you can't bet on in-state college athletics; um, that's not allowed. And we have a you know 21 um, age limit for you have to be over the age of 21. So uh, we have some protections that other states don't. But and we have not thankfully seen you know, the type of 
harassment that we that has been reported in other states. The good news here is uh, because I oversee both gambling and law enforcement. Should that come, we can look at it both from a regulatory perspective, but also as a potential criminal act. And you should not be harassing an 18, 19 year old kid who is doing his best to play a sport. And look, I love college sports as much as next guy, and I, I, I'm certainly not immune to getting excited about my team's wins or losses, but should never be targeting these kids, and certainly not if, it, if it's because you know you, they didn't win you a bet. That's outrageous, and we're going to take that really seriously. The other thing that we do through our Division of Gaming Enforcement is we can report uh, things to the NCAA and to the sports conferences, and we're doing that, and we've shut down bets that look problematic. Uh, based on betting behavior that we see, you know, raises red flags. So we're taking it really seriously. But I think, you know, I know college sports has changed dramatically over the past several years, NIL and gambling, and it looks a lot more like a professional uh, sport. But these are kids, and let's remember that they're kids, and people should not be targeting them or threatening them in any way. And if you do, there's going to be consequences. Talking to uh, Matt Plackin, who's the Attorney General for New Jersey, and kind enough to share a few moments. You know, Matt, one of the things you talked about was mental health, which I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, kind of brush over because you know the suicide rate amongst gambling addicts uh, is higher than uh, you know drug addicts and alcoholics. Um, I myself, you know, came very close to taking my own life a number of years ago um, when the wo- world was kind of caving in on me and didn't know how to handle it or deal with it. And you know, grace of God and a good friend who answered the phone, I'm here today, you know, to do what I do and to live my life and be a dad and, you know, a husband and and a brother and a son and all the things that, you know, you know, give me reason to wake up in the morning, obviously. But, you know, one of my concerns, and it's not germane just in New Jersey, it's, it's nationally, is that all of a sudden there's this newfound pot of gold that a lot of states have in the tax revenue that's coming in from the billions and billions of dollars that's being wagered, the quote unquote handle that every state has. And my memory, my recollection is that prior to, you know, the passing in 2018 of the online sports wagering was that bricks and mortar casinos had to write an annual check of $100,000 to the State Gaming Commission uh, as their way of, you know, funding 1-800-GAMBLER and other, you know, groups like that statewide. And I'm wondering if you could see the day where either your office or the governor's office, you know, pass an edict where... We now have to take a percentage of the revenue that never existed before to create kind of safe haven bricks and mortar locations for people who want the help, who need the help, but otherwise may not be able to be afford it or may not know where to get it or how to get it. Do you see that as a possibility somewhere in the future where we create addiction centers staffed by professional therapists and psychiatrists? Uh, et cetera, that can get people like me and Dan when we needed it the most, the help that we need? Look, I love the idea. And we're doing a lot of that is happening in, in different ways in New Jersey. And a lot of it is, frankly, funded by the industry. Um, and, you know, the industry, as you said, is doing phenomenally well. They've made a lot of money off of online gaming um, when you, and certainly off of sports betting. Um, and if you look at the growth in the industry over the past decade since online gaming came on, it's been driven largely by, um, you know, mobile betting. 
And so as a result of that, I think they have an obligation, and I think largely they've, they've been good partners in this, to ensure that we're providing help to people who need it. Um, because as you said, the gambling addiction can manifest itself in a whole bunch of harms to people. It can cause mental health issues for the individual who's got the addiction. It can cause financial stress and mental health issues for their family members and their loved ones. It's a really serious thing. And tragically, all too often, it leads either to suicidal thoughts or in the ultimate tragedy into an act that is a suicide. And so anything we can do to prevent that and recognize, I think what we're trying to do is recognize that these are all ultimately some form of mental health challenges, and let's get people the treatment that they need. That's part of a bigger change, I think, in law enforcement generally, uh, but it's particularly true in the gambling context. And yeah, I, I do think the operators bear the responsibility for supporting those efforts. And candidly, like I've spoken to a number of the operating, the heads of these companies, and I think they've come to recognize that it's not in their interest to have a whole bunch of people who have problematic gambling behaviors. Um, now, we've right. mandated that they take certain steps here, but they have, they have been good partners in that effort. Um, and, you know, I suspect under our rules, they'll continue to do that. And I hope they're doing it in other states. Well, I can, I can tell you this. It's, I, I, I'm not at liberty to discuss certain things, but I can tell you that this year is going to be a huge year where the industry gets together on, on a – on a national basis, uh, collectively, and puts their you know competitive interests aside for a moment to do some really good things, which you're probably aware of already. But they're coming to New Jersey and New York, and Ohio, and you know all the states that have legalized it. So there is good news and major progress on the on the horizon. I will say this to you: you know I'm in an interesting position because of the platform I have, obviously, on radio and on TV over at Fox Sports. And sharing my story publicly and going on college campuses and you know, partnering with Dan, who travels the country on college campuses, talking more specifically to young athletes, but to your student bodies collectively. One of the great things, in my opinion, with the widespread proliferation and legalization of online wagering is that we're making gambling a mainstream conversation. Look, I don't want my kids to gamble, obviously. You probably don't want your kids to gamble. But the fact that my grandkids, I'm not sure how old your kids are, Matt, but your kids will grow up, your grandkids, knock on wood, will grow up, where gambling has been normalized on a public level, I'm in favor of it because it allows people like me, people like Dan, to much in a much easier way raise their hand and ask for help. When gambling was viewed as a you know back alley thing, a mob thing, a break your kneecap type thing, you know, a seedy, dirty, back alley type of uh, thing, I would have never raised my hand to say, hey, you know, my name is Craig, I need help, I'm a compulsive gambler. But as the conversations around gambling become dinner table conversations and become the norm, not the exception, and maybe this is just my silly, you know, hope, my hope is that it makes it a lot easier for problem gamblers to go ask for help before they go down a road that either ends you know, them, you know, taking their own lives, you know, committing crimes, hurting family members and loved ones. And I do think that is the ultimate positive from the proliferation of legalized gambling. And I wonder if, if you agree with me on that and if you're seeing that more and more now. Look, I, I really hope you're right. I think regardless of, of what I think, online gambling is, is here. And I think 
it's going to continue to be here for now my son's five, so I hope he's not gambling, but it's certainly going to be here for his for his life. Um, and, you know, that's the way we're seeing people prefer to gamble. Now, I think it's much easier to do things online to help yourself. It's easy to self-exclude. It's very easy for us to implement those things. You don't have to worry about someone sneaking in the casino in a disguise like you used to. It's, it's, it's actually fairly easy technologically to prevent someone from gambling. We've implemented those steps um, online, but... You know, you also have the reality that somebody can be gambling in their living room um, or in their bedroom. And, um, you know, unless they're going to step up, it can be or unless we put these measures in place to identify problematic gambling behavior, it it can be uh, a challenge to identify those individuals. And so I do hope you're right. And I, I think the more people understand just not only is gambling mainstream, but that this is like anything else, potentially an addictive um activity and you can can cause you real harm and then that becomes normalized and that you know they see the Craig Cartons of the world who you know gets to talk about sports all day talking about their experience like it really matters and so the awareness of the tools that you can take just like if you know you get a sports injury and a doctor gave you you know opioids that they shouldn't have given you and next thing you know you're hooked on those you can get help you can also get help for this type of behavior and we want people to know that that's okay that that's not some admission that you're not tough or you're not strong or, you know, to take a macho approach to it. This is about keeping you safe, keeping you healthy, and keeping your friends and family safe. Well, look, I, I really appreciate your time. I know how busy you are as the Attorney General of New Jersey. I'm speaking on the Rutgers campus in a couple of months, and I would just offer you this. If at any point you and any of the legislators or politicians of New Jersey are going to have a, a conversation about the future uh, with sports gambling or any type of gambling in New Jersey, I'm available 24-7. Would love the opportunity to come at, at your request you know, to share my story and, and walk people through what the addiction really looks like and how it manifests itself. So please count me in. I can speak for Dan on that as well. If you're ever having a symposium or a get-together, a meeting, uh, we would love to be able to come in and at least share our experiences with you guys and put you know more of a face on what the addiction looks like. And I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, appreciate Absolutely. your time today very much. All right, back at you, and that's a deal. We'll take you up on that. Great. Thank you, guys. All right, great job, Dan. Appreciate you getting Matt on. And, you know, every once in a while it's good to have somebody like that on because, like you said, you know, he is the chief law enforcement officer of New Jersey, but he also is in charge of of the of the gambling companies and the gaming commission. So interesting perspective that he had. And he seems like a guy that, you know, wants to make sure that people like you and I are safe from ourselves. And God knows that's what we needed back in the day. And the fact that, you know, the future – Dan Trelauer or Craig Carton that starts going down a bad road, you know, has a sensitive voice and mind in the attorney general's office uh, is a really, really good thing and a powerful thing. And I do hope that those diversion courts take hold and people like Matt are able to help us when we can't help ourselves. So good job, Dan. Appreciate you being a part of that. Yeah, I appreciate that. And it's good to hear different perspectives. And you're right. It takes all people to try to come up with the solution. So it was great to have him. Great to hear his thoughts and excited to see what the next steps are. All right, look, we appreciate everybody listening. Dan, always appreciate you and uh, the great stuff that Epic is doing on a daily basis. We're moving towards the Super Bowl. We know what that means from a gambling standpoint. So the next couple of weeks we'll start focusing on that and talk to some more uh, compulsive gamblers like myself and Dan. Appreciate Matt Platkin, the Attorney General of Jersey, coming on. We will see you again next week. you got Joe Beningo next. As always, appreciate you letting us in your homes and cars for 30 minutes. This has been Hello, My Name is Craig.